Hey guys, Taylor here from Game Devs Quest with this week's quick tip. This week we're focusing on time management. If you want to eke out some more time doing game dev, try setting a goal for number of hours you want to spend each week working on game dev. Download a Timekeeper app to help you keep track of your actual time spent on game dev. I use an app called Worklog Free. Then every time you do something game dev related, clock in. Having that real data will help you achieve your goal and may even lead you to doing more game dev. It's working for me, and I really hope it works for you. Game dev Everybody and welcome back to Game Dev's Quest, your once weekly podcast uh, following our journey into game devdom. If we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. Okay. What? I said thanks for joining us today. <laughs> what? What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, remember when Stone Cold Steve Austin's shtick on WWE used to be saying what to people? <laughs> Not really, but that's funny. <laughs> Dude, it was hilarious. Dude, okay, weird question. Have you been on yeah. like a WWE thing lately or something? Because uh, I actually got a message from Rockzom who said to tell you something about the WWE. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I was like, did we talk about that on a podcast or is this just like the most random thing ever? He said, uh, tell Rhett I want to start a fake war with him for WWE style drama marketing. <laughs> Oh, oh, he's just saying like the soap opera drama type shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That just no, reminded I, me. I, there was the era that I was a part of the fandom of the WWE, which they now retroactively call the Attitude Era. Oh, I think I was um, around for that too. Yeah, it was like the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And um, dude... Like, like, sort of between the switch, like WWF, and then it was WWE, and they tried doing all the dude. The, it was the best back then. It yeah. was so good. <laughs> um, I just remember, like, I think my my friends liked wrestling, and so I started to like wrestling. And then, like, at that time, I was like in fourth grade, and everybody started wearing wrestling shirts, and then they'd be doing like wrestling moves, or they'd do like the what is that? D generation X like suck it yeah, thing. The suck it. Yeah, yeah, they did that all the time at school. So then our principal uh had to she like banned all of the wrestling shirts for me and Warren. That was like one of the only times I ever got in trouble was because I had like a a wrestling shirt and she was like, You can't you can't wear that. You gotta turn it inside out. <laughs> yeah, I remember they did that all the time. Yeah. Do you remember who was in D Generation X, Taylor? Uh Triple H, X Pac. Uh, I can't remember who else. I liked Road Dog, baby. Oh, Road, Road Dog. <laughs> I liked X Pac. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I did, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Stone Cold was my favorite man, and um, I bought you know I bought into the drama so much. Like I just <laughs> loved it so much, dude. There's the episode like uh, I I don't know. There's a whole leg where he basically became like Vic, Vince McMahon's like little bitch, and he like didn't wrestle anymore, and it was when 
like it was like the WWF versus like the WCW and it was like the hostile takeover and it was like all about like whoever the better wrestlers were would take over the other one right and so Vince McMahon like took Stone Cold out because and it's so weird that I bought into it because I played the games you know where like there literally were wrestlers that were like more powerful than other wrestlers there was like tears you know and so like you know like the rock and triple h and stone cold and like other ones like that like kurt angle they were all like at the top you know because they were like the superstars and then there was like the people below them um but stone cold was like in his pocket and he was like literally just like whining and talking about how much of a wimp he was like every episode and everybody would like constantly yell at him and boo him whenever he went out anywhere but then there was like the one episode where Vince McMahon was like we need the stone we need the real stone cold back and everybody was trying to do it and so Vince McMahon like just yelled at him and called him a crybaby and was like you know basically gave him an ultimatum like he needed to get back out there and you know so he's sitting at the bar like outside of the wrestling arena or whatever and it shows like the big battle royale between the WCW and the WWE guys. Like, this is like, this is where it all is culminating to a head. Right. And, um, he's sitting in the bar instead of out there wrestling and, and everybody is like, Oh, like the, even the announcers like if stone cold was here, this could turn the tide, you know? And some guy comes in the bar and is like, dude, why aren't you out there? Like, you're just a total wimp. And so finally it just shows him snap, you know, where he just like takes a, he takes a shot of whiskey or whatever. And then he breaks a pool cue, like over the bar and then he just starts running to the arena and on the way dude there's just like brawlers in the street this is so cheesy but there's just brawlers in the street (laughs) and he just starts whipping ass everywhere he goes dude he's just like wailing on people with this pool cue and so the best part about it obviously like I i loved watching wrestling when you know like they do their signature moves and it's like a big deal, even though it's just yeah. like, it's just like a special version of like another move, you know? And so Stone yeah. Cold's signature move is the Stone Cold Stunner. And he had to have done the Stone Cold Stunner more than a hundred times in like 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and he runs into the arena and he just, it's just every time someone turns around, he's doing a Stone Cold Stunner, which like in the <laughs> SmackDown wrestling game was the highest damage yeah. wrestling move, you know? So, like, my young brain was like, oh, my God, these people are going to die, <laughs> you know? like He's, like, he's like playing Street Fighter as Ryu, only doing Kadokens. Right, <laughs> dude? It's just, like, ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, they, the WWE ended up winning. And then he, like, would grab the, the, grab the mic, and he's like, Stone Cold Steve Austin's back, y'all, motherfucker. You know, just like... <laughs> <laughs> It was oh, so dude. great. That's so funny. That's funny that like there was a time when all boys of that age, at least where we lived, like loved wrestling. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, it dude, was great. Funny. Um. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Not to keep hogging <laughs> the microphone, but um, yeah, I saw the Last Jedi last night. Yeah, dude. I don't want you to tell me anything. Oh, but. yeah. Well, um, I won't because <laughs> I can't. I can't honestly. This is the actually the first time. Yeah, I'm just not. But I saw it, and I encourage anybody who likes Star Wars to go see it. And that's yeah, that. You're going to see spoilers probably soon start cropping up. Yeah. I had to avoid social media yesterday because I started seeing like my friends talking about it. I was like, God. I know. I hate that. Anyways, I will say it's the only movie 
Um, non-spoiler, not even about the movie. It's about me, personally. Uh, the only movie that I've ever seen in IMAX that I got motion sick from. Whoa, really? Yeah. That's intense, dude. Yeah, it was pretty miserable, dude. Um, but I made it, and then I... Was it 3D as well? Unfortunately, yeah. That could add to it, too. Yeah, it sucked. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, and then I got home at 5, and I was like, I'm going to get up at 9, and then I woke up at 2 o'clock instead, so we're recording way <laughs> later than normal. Luckily, I somehow remembered to text you, like, after I'd gone to bed. Well, I woke up close to 10 today, so no worries. Oh, great. I've been uh, pretty tired most of the week, so felt good to sleep. Yeah, dude. Um, it did. So, um, how'd you do on your challenge? I did good, man. I... The weird thing was, so I got it, like, I think the first day after you told me to, and uh, I started, you know, putting in the the dreams, and as time went on, I, like, I still had it on my mind, but I forgot the dreams, like, right away. Like, I'd wake up and be like, oh, I had a good dream, but I don't remember what it was about. But some of these are, like, kind of funny. I'll just read some of them. A lot of them had similar themes. Like it's probably because I've been streaming on Twitch so much, but I had a bunch of uh, dreams where I was streaming Twitch and it was like really popular, <laughs> which is so lame. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So one of them, the first one I recorded, said, "Running around a neighborhood looking for a house because Chris at work needed me to find Elaine from Seinfeld." <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's kind of random. Uh, yes. Streaming on Twitch. Lots of people watching. Not sure. Something like that. This one's weird, too. Uh, something about working on a farm with AJ, another friend of mine, and someone being naked. Weird. Also, my parents listened to the podcast, and I was worried it was too inappropriate for them. <laughs> uh, Dang, dude. I know. So you're having dreams about naked people. I guess, dude. Uh, let's see. Alia and I moved in with my parents. Cats had to stay in Salem? Question mark. I worked at Garmin again. Then went to a high school reunion, and Matt Collins, one of my coworkers, and Danny Alejandro, childhood friend, was there. Which is kind of weird. That's strange. That's a strange. Yeah, one. I don't. I, I had don't a dream about, about Danny Alejandro not that long ago too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He was like my best friend growing up. Like, from, like, probably second grade to, like, fifth grade, he was, like, my best friend. We hung yeah. out all the time. So, he does pop into my head every once in a while, but I don't really know what he's up to. So, if you're listening, Danny, message me or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, last one, streaming for a long time. Lots of viewers. God, what a what a weirdo. Duck game was on. Duck's playing USC from, like, 2009. <laughs> At a grieving family's house, soon was in the military. What? <laughs> like I don't know what this means. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, like so when you're writing down your dreams, are you putting in as much detail as you remember, or just notes? I think that I was trying to put in as much detail as I could remember. Yeah. And like, I would wake up and like feel like I was in the dream still, still sometimes. And then yeah. I would like get out the app, and by the time I like clicked the buttons to start entering the app, I had forgotten like almost everything. It's weird. Oh. It's really hard to to remember. You and know, I think that's why it has to be so like one sentence subjects. You know about what my dream is about. 
There should be like um maybe like a shortcut bu- like button that oh. you can have on your home screen instead of like going to the home page, you can just press the shortcut and it takes you right to the journal so you can start writing. I think that's a good idea. Not that they're yeah. ever going to implement this, but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. I was going to just say this is the Dream Whale app which uh Rhett knows the the person who made this app. So one of the people, yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. Really simple. I I like that you can choose a color of your dream. Yeah, and then that kind of you... like sets the mood, you know. Right. And then did you notice it changes the color of the whale on the home screen? Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's, it's always the color of your last dream. Oh. Oh, wow, you're right. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I I achieved my my challenge. Good. It's kind of fun. Yeah. How'd you do on your challenge? Um, I did well. Real quick, I just want to talk about dreams. Like, uh, it's it's interesting that yours are so brisk because uh, I uploaded mine to the community journal, so anybody who gets on Dreamwell can uh, download the app, can see all my dreams. Taylor didn't because he's a coward. I didn't know that was um, a thing. Yeah, you just got to check the box underneath when you're like typing it out. There's a box you can check that says "Upload to Community Journal." Gotcha. Um, yes. Maybe I'll do that. Although I just told you all mine. Yeah. Some of mine, like, I wrote out in excruciating detail. Um, like, Taylor was reading <laughs> one that he thought was from our friend, but it's actually from me. It says, learning ultralight hiking on the Pacific Crest Trail. The first leg was a gigantic swimming pool, which we walked straight across. And when tornadoes come, you have to run, counting your steps in increments of seven. Um, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, like, dude, that's, I, like, really detailed. Yeah, I tried to put in, Seth MacFarlane was bartending at an abandoned building party. I ran into some old friends who were insisting that they had something important to tell me privately. And then the part I didn't put in there, I do remember that, though, is that, so the whole dream was trying to find a private place where we could talk. That one's kind of not detailed. Here's one. Nick convinced me he'd pay for something I was getting at the store and encouraged me to take it outside, but he didn't pay, and they pursued me. I tried calling someone to explain it was a mistake and that I'd come back and pay for it, but they were relentless. They blocked my phone number, uh, every phone number, until finally I gave up, and then they forgave me with a ceremony headed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So strange. Dude, that's interesting. Yeah. Dreams are weird. Jumping to my yeah, dreams are weird, dude. That's why I was trying. I was like, gonna be like, <laughs> oh, Taylor's gotten gotten dreams about naked people, but it's like, dude, there's like naked people in every single one of my dreams. Like all, like a lot of time, I'm just naked in my dreams. It's strange, dude. Yeah, I have no idea. Like somehow that dream was related to farming. Like maybe there were naked people running around the farms or something. I don't know. A little weird. <laughs> uh, the subconscious yeah. mind, dude, is so weird. Yeah, in a physical dream journal I have, I have a dream that's like four and a half pages long of detail. Dang. Wow. Because yeah. I like wrote out, I wrote out like impressions that it gave me, like certain things gave me and like, yeah, it's interesting. Jumping back to my challenge, uh, technically by the literature of my challenge, I completed it. Um <laughs> However, that sounds like a loophole to me. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about loopholes? <laughs> I don't um, know what you're say. So tell yeah, me about Pico it. Eight. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So the um, the courses that I did were actually um, not game dev related. Um, oh, okay. They were related to uh, skip tracing or you know locating people. Um, oh. Like you. Know, 
yeah, wow. generally via like public records or you know internet searches, things like that. So interesting. Um, All right. Yeah. <laughs> you look. You looking for somebody? <laughs> you don't have to answer that. You're not obligated to do so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. I am looking for somebody. But um, no, I just uh, I bought the course like a while ago and realized that I've been in my cart since like June or something. And it was only like a five hour course or something. So I was just like, huh. So I just like watched some of it at work. And uh, I ended up was watching like Udemy? three or four. Huh? Was it on Udemy? Yeah. Or you have some other like, oh, I didn't know they yeah, had like, on... those kind of courses on there. Yeah, I didn't know either until I had searched for it in the summer. Huh, that's cool. Udemy is a good tool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it cost me... Uh, I got it on sale, too. That's why I ended up buying it, because normally it was, like, a $75 course, and I got it on sale for, like, 4 bucks or something. So I was like, all right, cool. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, good job. Thanks. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. Well, so this week was kind of interesting. Um, I didn't stream as much, because Alia is on... Uh, winter break and I told her I would try to spend more time with her while she is at home Um, so I only streamed like two or three times probably stream later tonight but I've been making some good progress on one game a month Uh, it's been pretty fun my my jam factory game is mostly functional Um, though it's kind of funny not not really funny but the last time I streamed uh, like the way that I manage my my backups and stuff of my projects is um, using GitHub. So I commit and push my projects to GitHub every time I, you know, do some work each day. And uh, I had been working on my laptop one night when I wasn't streaming, and I pushed up those changes. Mm. And then the next time I got on my desktop, I forgot to pull down the changes. And I did all these updates to the Unity project. And so I ended up getting out of sync which sucked because I got out of sync and I wasn't really thinking about what to do. And I think I tried to push after I made some changes on the out of sync version and it threw errors. And then I tried to pull, which is a bad idea. And it ended up like corrupting kind of my Unity project. (laughs) So I like opened the Unity project and all of the game objects were missing. I was like, oh, God, did I just break everything? Am I going to have to start over or am I going to have to, like, start, like, lose all the progress that I have? Um, But luckily, this week I, this week I, like, really gained a friend. (laughs) Uh, This guy, Maddykins, uh, has been, he's been hanging out on my stream for the last couple of weeks. And uh, we've been talking a lot the last couple of days. And he's, like software engineer like really smart guy does amazing makes amazing games with phaser which is like a javascript game dev library but i was talking to him and he said he could fix my issue (laughs) and so i just zipped up my unity project and sent it to him and he fixed it like in a couple of minutes (laughs) it was pretty awesome he just like i guess uh the way that git works is Sometimes if there's like conflicts, it the way that it like changes some of the names or something is makes Unity confused. And he just went in and like figured out what the names were supposed to be and that nice. fixed the problem. Which was kinda crazy. So I still have to like figure out what to do about having this out of sync project, but at least I at least the project isn't corrupted anymore. 
which is kind of cool. So shout out to Maddykins. I think I've been shouting you out the last couple weeks, but uh, we had some good talks this week too. He uh, has been saying for a while that he's wanted to stream on Twitch. And uh, over the last couple weeks, since I've been doing one game a month, he decided he wanted to do one day, one game a month. Like I think I kind of encouraged him uh, by doing the stream. And he's he's starting to stream that too, which is like super cool. And he's taken taken it and like fleshed it out a lot like he had he built his own new website that has like twitch streamers up there that are doing game dev and one game a month stuff he has all of his projects that he's going to be working on for one game a month and he's going to like open source all the code and everything and uh yeah dude he's like building this cool little platform for himself which is like really awesome and it's cool to know that i kind of was like partially involved in getting him there you know even though i haven't really done anything it's just like you know being a part of it's kind of cool so good work maddikins appreciate you buddy thanks for all your help and uh keep pushing i think he listens to the podcast now too which is cool nice well hello so, yeah. welcome yeah welcome to game Dust quest <laughs> <laughs> um additionally uh, a couple other things been emailing back and forth with now our good buddy Joshua Rankin, who sent us some pretty cool uh, feedback about the podcast and just really enjoying chatting with him, uh, giving him some pointers on game development. And we've been talking a lot about politics, too, which is kind of interesting, you know, and uh, he kind of has some different views than us in some some ways. But like we're having such a respectful and open conversation that it's just been really pleasant and I think constructive. Nice. So, yeah, that's very good. I know. In today's age, it's like, that's rare. <laughs> so thank you, Joshua, for being so cool, dude. I hope uh, I hope we can provide encouragement for you and uh, keep you pushing in your game dev goals. So continue to hit us up and uh, get involved in the community, man. We really appreciate you. So, um, Outside of that, dude, the other thing that happened this week was the invention of the GDQ Challenge of the Day. So, uh, hopefully you guys can get on the bandwagon there. We have several of you, uh, already participating. So the idea was, I don't know, one morning this week I woke up and was like, I think it's partially because Maddie Ken's talking about some of the things he wants to do to just like make his community got me thinking of how we can enrich ours a little bit more. So I was thinking of like, how do you get people involved? How do you get people you know, making strides every day. This is partially thanks to Joshua with, um, you know, his struggle staying motivated. Like maybe we can have a little platform to keep people motivated and, and at least doing like one thing a day that's game dev related or self-betterment related, you know? So I think, excuse me, I think today is day three and we've pushed up some, or we've come up with three different challenges so far and had some pretty cool responses to them. So I'm going to continue brainstorming those ideas and trying to put one up every morning for you guys to go through. And hopefully you'll make a breakthrough, <laughs> whether it's like the first, the first challenge we did this, uh, this week was making a character. So whether you, you know, do some writing or do some artwork, you know, learn something that way, or maybe it's just a way of like, you know, prompting you to do something good for yourself. 
Um, not really sure. Anyways, that's kind of uh, something I've been excited about this week. I'm trying to kind of brainstorm some ideas. So if you have any ideas, Rhett, or if you guys listening have some ideas, tweet them at us, and we'll uh, use those as some of the challenges. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. So one thing that was kind of weird was I had that issue with version control this week with uh, my Unity project. And I started listening to this new podcast called Coding Blocks. It's not new. It's new to me. And I've been thinking a lot about... What? New to me? New to me. Ah! (laughs) That's funny. Um, I'm the best. Yeah, you are. But Coding Blocks is a podcast about programming. And it's just about programming concepts. Um, The first episode I listened to was all about interfaces, which was interesting. I mean, they they took a topic, uh, programming topic, and talked about it for over an hour. (laughs) And I learned some things about it, which was kind of cool. But the odd thing was I had this version control issue. And then I was kind of like defeated by it and realized I don't really know that much about Git and version control. And then I the next morning, after, like as I'm going to work, I pull up my podcast app and start listening. And the episode of Coding Blocks was all about version control. <laughs> and uh, they they went over a whole bunch of best practices, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. But if you guys are like interested in becoming better programmers, and you know you don't, you're not able to get to a computer to practice programming at that moment but you can listen to something check out coding blocks it's pretty cool it is uh i would say you should be on maybe like an intermediate level of programming like you have kind of uh at least a base grasp of object-oriented programming but if you have that and you start listening to the podcast i think you're gonna learn a lot so check it out i'm enjoying it that's cool i'll have to check it out yeah i like it Otherwise, I don't know if you have topics. I'm just rattling. Yeah. Um. To be honest, dude, I uh, I freaking went to bed nauseous as all heck from the movie, and I I'm starting to feel like really nauseous now. So. Oh dang. Yeah, maybe it wasn't exactly um, the movie, but I'm just feeling really woozy. Um, Sorry. No, it's all right. I uh, not this is super game dev related, but I um found some old footage that I've been um, editing up for stuff, and I was, you know, trying to find a good free option for um, video editing, and I settled mm-hmm. on this one called Lightworks, and I think you and I have talked about it before. It um, sounds familiar. But it's, um, yeah, Lightworks Pro is what, you know, they use to edit up, like, the King's Speech and, like, maybe some other movies. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Um, so... They have a free one available, and um, <clears throat> I'm not sure of like how it's limited, but um, I've been using it just to um, edit up some old band videos and things like that. And also, nice. uh, yesterday, which uh, was my birthday, and also the day that Net Oh my god, was... dude, I, oh wow, that's the first year I missed your birthday in a really long time. I'm sorry. You're, Did you? you're 20. Yeah, I didn't say happy birthday. I'm sorry. Oh. 
Happy birthday. <laughs> Dude, you're a really bad friend, bro. I know. Damn. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Wait, so are you uh, 27? Yeah. What? That's so weird. Why is that weird? I don't know. You you seem like you're much younger than 27, but I guess what? I'm 28, <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> people uh, people routinely say I'm, they think I'm in my 30s, like mid-30s. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Maybe it's because I met you when I was like, how old was I? 15 and you were like 13 or something? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. So I always see you as like this little guy. Like little little, bro- little, little brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, dude. Congratulations on fully entering your late 20s. I know, dude. The twilight years of my 20s uh-huh. begin. Yep. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, yesterday was, though, what the sad part about my birthday was it was the day that the FCC voted to uh, repeal net neutrality, yeah. which passed, obviously. Dude, I think that's probably why I wasn't thinking about your birthday, because yesterday I was at, like, one of my lowest lows I've been in a really long time, uh, yeah. mostly because of net neutrality. Well, it was a mixed day for me because Star Wars came out, yeah. and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then also, like, Kurt posted something, like, first thing in the morning about how it was also Indivisible's birthday. Oh, interesting. And, um... That's the company he works for, right? Yeah, in D.C. Yeah, it's like a Um, grassroots kind of, like, liberal political movement organization. I don't know if I described that very well, but... I think progressive is, like, a better... Yeah, you're probably um, right, progressive. ...than liberal. Right. Um, Yeah. I guess it's only a year old, which I didn't know, but that document that he shared with us, that, like, you know, 20-page pamphlet or whatever, was born on December 14th, 2016. Dang. And, uh, yeah, so he, like, posted something on Facebook, and I was... I I just made some smart-ass remark. I was like... Hey man, great things were born on this day, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> like ten minutes later, I get this like epic text from him. Um, really lifted my day. And then a couple hours after that, the FCC overturned net neutrality, which really took a turn. Um, and then you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be constructive. So I cleaned out my car like completely for the first time in a long time. Nice. And uh, <laughs> which anybody who knows me is like a big deal because like I live and work out of my car. Um, yeah, I've been in your car many times where like you can't you can't even see the front seat. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, like yeah, just take all that stuff and throw it in the back. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is how I usually handle things, and then the back is like unusable. And um, I was gonna be driving everybody up to the movie last night, and I was like, I just want to take my car. Like I don't want to have to switch out for Bailey's car or have somebody else drive. So I just cleaned it out, and uh, I even freaking like wiped away a bunch of the grime and sh- stuff like all over the other places and vacuum. I didn't vacuum a whole bunch, but vacuumed a little bit. Um, made me feel pretty good actually. Cause I mean, it didn't stay clean, unfortunately, cause I went to the theater and then everybody was like giving me gifts and shit. So I had to like load my car up with gifts. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, where was I going with that? Oh yeah. But I, I like live and work out of my car a lot. So it's just like, I'm not going to, you know, I I do do my best to, like, take trash out when I can. But I thought, you know what, it's going to be good for me. It's going to make me feel good if I go and clean it out. And a couple years ago, we lost, like, the last known copies of Monster Addict's demo 
when I was the drummer. And so there was like no songs of one of my bands with me on the drums anywhere online, which was like wow. really sad, like except yeah, for a couple of YouTube videos, you know, but the, 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 the volume quality or the audio quality wasn't that good, mm-hmm. you know? So, so you found one like, in your car. <laughs> I found one in my car. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I was like, dude, I have to immortalize these and I was going to put them up on Bandcamp, but that was going to be a whole to do, whole to do because Bandcamp only accepts like wave or flack files and they were MP3s. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I guess I could just convert this to a flack or a wave file, but then like it does damage the quality. But I didn't want to do that right away. I was like, I just want to throw these up somewhere. So I ended up just for the first time ever adding an image to the song, and then I just threw it up on YouTube real quick. It took me like five minutes using Lightworks. That was the point of me bringing up Lightworks. Oh, I got you. Nice. Um, which was like dope, dude. I just added both the files to it, dragged it, drop, exported it, exported it in like literally ten seconds, <laughs> <laughs> and then I it was uploaded to YouTube before I could even finish the description. Um, so that felt good. So I'm gonna do that with all those songs because they're not that good. Like, I mean, actually, like my my versions of the songs where I'm on drums are my favorite versions of like three separate songs that we play that are like our most three of our most popular. Two of the songs that I played drums on made it onto our full-length album, but I wasn't the drummer, and the feel is so different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, our album is like super, super metric, mm-hmm. and I'm not a metric drum player. If that makes sense, does that make <laughs> sense at all? Like, well, you're. I I feel like your style of drums is more like groovy. Yeah, yeah. And I think what you mean by metric is that it's like much more. Like, rigid yeah like rigid like sharp on the three and a four e and a five e yeah you know it's just yeah like, five e and a wow playing some five well, four we do have some songs that are in five four <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah yeah it's so yeah our other drummer he was the drummer from boy named sue originally yeah which is like more technical probably right? yeah like they so were that makes sense core, so yeah we got him on and so like okay so there's a there's a lot of songs like you know so the song the one song i put up on youtube it's called daisy dukes daisy's dukes rather actually it's called pushing up daisy's dukes anyway um <laughs> and so the song that opens up and it's like boom boom bam boom 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 bam boom boom bam boom boom but you know and i have like so it has that kind of like triplety yeah. type you know, like don't, don't, don't juke don't step damn. feel or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. And then I end it, the, I end the phrase on a triplet fill, like quarter note triplets. You know? Yeah. Dude. Um, and uh, anyway, I was watching videos when I was playing guitar and not on drums. And it's just like, it's like, loses that like bouncy, like, bam, 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 bam. And it becomes like, it's like so different so yeah i wonder um, if i wonder if that's partially because like your background was in jazz band and the other guy's background is like rock you know yeah well he like (laughs) yeah yeah, I think so. And I, I do remember that Mike was like in drumline and shit. Like I remember seeing videos oh. of like McNary's drumline and he was on it. Like Yeah. So but yeah, my background's definitely more like 
jazzy and stuff. But you yeah. know, that doesn't explain Kane. Like Kane was in, in like never played jazz and Kane's like super groovy, you know what I mean? But I bet you that like Kane listened to a lot of different styles of music. Yeah, whereas, he did. that's true. I'm I mean, I'm totally stereotyping, but whereas somebody who's in like a death metal band or like or like a deathcore band or like tech metal tech death metal or whatever you want to get into is going to yeah. be more like like you said, like very punctual on his downbeats or whatever, you know? <laughs> punctual, I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or like, you know, marching band. You can't really mess up the tempo or else your whole band is going to be kind of, they're not, their footing is going to be wrong and stuff, you yeah. know? So. I will say, like, he brought a vibe to some of our later songs that like when I was phasing out of the drums, he brought a vibe to some of those songs that like, I wish I could have captured, you know, like just like riding those, you know, 16th note bass drums while like, while riding the toms and stuff. Like you've heard some of those songs before. It's just like so heavy sounding (laughs) and it's just like an assault on your eardrums. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, Um, Dude, I miss playing the drums. It's been forever. Yeah, dude. I was going to say, we should jam some time. Like, I've got a bunch of songs, like, I really, really want to get some, like, real drums for or something. Or actually, like, I've been really wanting to play some shows, like, because I have yeah. a whole repertoire of songs yeah. and nobody to play with. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I just, I don't have a repertoire of songs and I don't have anyone to play with and I don't have my drum set, so. Hey, you know who do has your drum set? Your a dad? Charles Dickens Christmas. What? A Charles Dickens I'm using your drum set for this show. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> dude, uh, it sounds so good. <laughs> I know, dude. It's that, it's that Gretsch kit, man. The Black Widow, dude. That Hell yeah, dude. I got, uh, I got a whole thing of like temple blocks mounted on it. Cowbell, wow. tambo. I got a glockenspiel, you know, or like bell kit on it. Yeah. I dude, got maybe I should just, Maybe I should just have you buy my kit. <laughs> Yeah, you might be onto something. Although I never play, I just um, most of the reason I, I got it out of storage, you know, because I was just like, I was like, I should make sure that this is still okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly didn't know where it was at. Like, I think yeah. I think that I asked my parents because for some reason I thought it was at my parents' house, and they're like, we don't have it. And then yeah. I may have asked you, and I thought you said, oh yeah, it's at my dad's house. <laughs> yeah, the way the conversation went was, so we had the storage unit, and then you were like, can I keep storing the drums here? I was like, yeah. So we kept st- storing the drums at my storage unit. Then I got rid of the storage unit because I was the only one paying for it, and I moved them to my garage in Mount Angel. Well, then I moved from my big house with a garage in Mount Angel to my really, really small house with no garage. And I said, Taylor, I'm moving. Do you want your drums? And you said, yeah, you can just move into my parents' house. And then one day, yeah, and then, you know, like you were like, hey, I'll be in Mount Angel. Do you want to help move into my parents' house or whatever? And I was like, uh, it was like I had already moved and I couldn't, like, figure out how to get a hold of your parents or whatever. And so I had just moved them to my dad's garage. Oh, okay. Which is, was across the street from my old house. Yeah. And you were like, oh, are those going to be okay there? And I was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> like, they were completely <laughs> out of the way. So, yeah. Um. And in fact, I only remember they were up there lat when I played the show in the summer and was trying to get a different drum set together. But I didn't like that drum set so much that this time I was like, well, I should just make sure those drums still work and like are okay and like <laughs> yeah, you know, weren't damaged by being stored in the garage or anything. Uh-huh. So I got them out and they played great. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to take these to the show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I don't care. I, yeah. 
I it's nice to know where they are. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I yeah, guess they're I being think, put to use, so that's I, good. I posted a picture on Facebook. Oh, I, I think I, I never like, go on. I was Facebook like, "Here's anymore. my office. Here's my <laughs> office for the week or for the month or whatever." And it's a picture of your drum set surrounded by all my percussion. <laughs> are you using all those Sabian symbols and stuff? Uh, yeah, dude. Nice. Um, well, just I'm just using, um, yeah, your um, dark crash, and then I like that dark crash, it. dude. I ended up using one. my own hi hats because they sounded like my hi hats sounded... always were my weak point. Yeah. Well, what's weird is I'm using Bailey's dad's like Sabians, like you know, they're like the standard like B8 hi hat or whatever, uh-huh. but like it sounds so crisp on like the foot pedal, you know? Oh like, yeah. Whereas, dude. Like I have some sweet Zildjian ones, but I realized the only thing that my hi hats are good for is cutting through, right? Like they don't actually like sound that good; they just cut through, so you can hear it. So that's oh, okay. like, you know, total yeah. metal sound. Yeah. Yours were pretty um, heavy duty if I remember, but um, wow, dude, we just got down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. We should jam, dude. I want to play should, some shows. Yeah. I know. Like, that'd be fun. I'd come down to Eugene to play a show. We should that'd book be cool. a couple. Yeah, we should play some old these evil days <laughs> yeah, I'd be or t- write our own stuff. Well, some I've got, I see, like I said, I got a whole repertoire of songs that I really freaking want to play so bad. And it's like, I've been trying to get Edwin to go jam with, jam them with me. Cause me and mm-hmm. Edwin play guitar together a lot. Yeah. Um, but our schedules just like, aren't meshing very well, you know? So, um, well, dude, we can just, we can just make a band under the game devs quest umbrella. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we're just, band, ga- band Hey quest. everybody. We're game devs quest. We got a nice podcast about, uh, game development you should check it out and now we're gonna play some songs for you <laughs> yeah. we could definitely pull out some old ones like uh, i've been playing like a clean version of birth of zion things like that it's like mm. really cool so God, i love that song yeah yeah i'll book some shows and i'll hit you up and if you want right, to play dude. great <laughs> um anyway we went yeah. way down the rabbit wow. hole about drums so hey i got you guys like dr- music <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so last week i forgot to mention this I finally shipped um, my gifts to Utah, and yeah. I don't know if I told you about it. Did I? The experience um, was you... terrible. <laughs> was it? Well, like, okay, first of all, let's just say growing up in the age of email, I don't know how to send things in the mail. So, like, generally, I'm always a little bit nervous when I send, like, a postcard or something, you know, in the mail, because I never, ever do it. So there's that. Then add on the anxiety of sending something to Japan where they have like crazy addresses and at least compared to what I know and yeah. uh, and whatever. So I had all this stuff. I like went shopping. Uh, I got like a bunch of stuff for Utah. I didn't really consider how big of a package it would end up being. But, like, I get to the post office, I have this huge sack full of, like, snacks and, like, yeah. you know, like, goodies, whatever. To ship. Dude, yeah. So, I get there, and first thing is, I, I see this sign that says, like, don't approach the counter unless your package is, like, sealed up and, you know, ready to go to send off. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll try and figure out what that means. So, I, like, look around, there's all these boxes everywhere, and Alia said, like, do the the priority is it priority mail or oh she's like try to get a flat rate box because that'll probably be the least expensive but so those I'm only look- ship in the u.s so that was the thing so i looked at their the flat rate boxes 
and the the prices were like pretty good you know the the flat rate box that i thought i could fit in if i was shipping it in the u.s it'd be like 20 bucks or something which isn't terrible but then it had like this little side note that says like all other countries outside of north america for the box that it would fit in was like almost 90 dollars (laughs) yeah i'm like dear god okay well i guess i'm gonna go ask somebody so i get in line it's busy because it's a saturday and And it's uh, the holidays and it's the holidays get in line ask the guy like what's the best way to do this i see that those are like 90 dollars, and he's like oh yeah you don't want those those are priority mail i'll let me weigh what you have and i can tell you what what you need to do so he weighs everything and it was like almost 60 bucks i'm like geez really 60 dollars to ship like candy and stuff i mean i got him like some other stuff like shirts and some music stuff but i was like okay i'll look around and he's like yeah go over there to the other side of the post office and like pick up one of those boxes and uh you know package it up and we'll ship it out i'm like okay uh so i start packaging stuff up i pick the box and i decide some of this candy stuff i can probably just not send because it's you know like some of it was just chocolate and uh, it's like, well, I guess Utah has chocolate over in Japan. So I didn't send everything I wanted to. But then, so I like package it all up. I, <laughs> I realized after I taped the whole thing up that I didn't put an address on it. And like there's this little address field on the box itself. And I accidentally like taped over it. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, so then I start peeling the tape off and it like rips it up. I'm like, dude, this is just the worst thing ever. I'd already been there for like 20 minutes. And then, anyways, I start to try and put his uh, his address on things. They have this like customs form they gave me. And I couldn't figure out what part of his address corresponded to what form like or what field on the form. So then I get back in line. I wait for like another 10 minutes, get up to a different person. And they're like, oh, yeah, like it's fine about the whole box thing. Like, don't worry about that. Uh, oh, also you have the wrong form. <laughs> so fill fill this other one out, and like this part goes to this thing. So go ahead and go over there and fill it out. Fill it out. Way back in line again for like another twenty minutes, and finally I like get through it. And it was like thirty five dollars to ship, which I guess isn't too bad, but it was just like, damn, this is so confusing and complicated. And I was all flustered and frustrated, and it was more expensive than I thought it was gonna be. It's just like, ugh. But uh, feels it felt like such a relief getting that thing shipped off because I had meant to send it out like right when I got home from Japan. So it's been a long time coming. Well, good job, man. Yeah, the post office is like w- way more like difficult to navigate than like they lead you to believe, which is like, yeah. why they're dying. You know, it's like yep. you go to a FedEx store, or a UPS store, and they'll freaking help you out like so so much. Like they want to help you out. Yeah. Um, luckily, I live in a small town, so navigating the post office is a little easier because sometimes it's not busy at all. It's been really busy since the holidays, but yeah, I've learned the most about the post office and shipping things since starting my own business. And so, I like, bet, yeah. I'm hoping that quick. I don't have to deal with that for a long time, and I don't plan on shipping anything international again. <laughs> yeah, so you think. I know, probably will. Anyways, that was my fun story from last week. I wasted like two hours almost doing all that stuff. And then Alia was waiting for the car uh, because she had like a subject in her lab that she had to 
analyze and she got like really worried about me because I didn't respond to her texts and stuff because I was like in line dealing with all that stuff and ugh, it was just bad. <laughs> so there goes uh, eight minutes of the podcast. <laughs> uh, dude, yeah. So what's next for net neutrality, man? Have you been keeping up with any of this stuff going on? Yeah, 20 states have already signed up to sue the FCC. Um, they're going to face pretty massive legal challenge. So, mm-hmm. I saw um, the Senate is already like voting on something. Are they? Yeah, the, somebody passed a bill, which is actually not the best bill, but I think it kind of staunches the blood loss, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I was happy that Oregon was on there for suing them. Oh, Oregon. Yeah. Oregon and Washington it's like almost was every like, blue state. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. So I yeah. mean, it's right down party lines, dude. It doesn't make any sense. Why would I, any I Republican know. think that it was a good idea? I just because don't they're understand. idiots, dude. And yeah, I'm sorry. Be- like, look, if you're one of the people that like thinks that net neutrality is a good idea, I- I'm sorry, but do a Google search and read about the implications, man. At this point, you're being willfully ignorant. Well, it's all under the guise of like it's a regulation. Any regulation is considered bad, you know. They but it's already like, have a protected monopoly. I know. Now they're allowed to screw us however they feel like it. If this goes through and it does become "quote unquote" deregulated, all we are doing are protecting this protected monopoly's right to fuck us in any way that they deem fit. Yep. It's rape of our wallets. Like that's all it is. It's not. This this wasn't reg- this was consumer fucking protection, dude. I like know. you would be fucking pissed if you went to the store and you bought food that made you sick every fucking day. <laughs> so why are you not like you're glad the FDA exists because you're not fucking eating poison and drinking goddamn sewage out of your faucets every day? <laughs> yeah, there are some regulations that are good. Like if you go to the point where you don't regulate anything, then what's the point of even having a government? Right. <laughs> like and there is a case to be made like obviously like anarchists have been talking about that for a really long time but like i'm i'm sorry like i like the i have you ever been, like listener have you been to a third world country i you i had to take a shower with my eyes closed and my mouth closed <laughs> they like pretty like people were getting like other american travelers were getting sick around me because they would drink the water or they took a shower with their eyes open yeah. like I'm not fucking around when I say that. Like, that's the fucking reality outside of a place that doesn't value their water as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Not only that, warmer climate, I know, obviously, like, you get tropical parasites and bacteria and things like that. But, like, that's the reality. I mean, look at Flint, for God's sake. Like, we I know, keep forgetting seriously. about that. Yep. But it's like. Do they have clean water yet? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> and now there's a huge outbreak of Legionnaire's disease and all this stuff. It's like, good God. Yep. What an epic failure. <laughs> yeah, dude. Our government Puerto is Puerto Rico joke. has been an epic failure. And honestly, like, the government wants to help Puerto Rico at this point. They ought to just get the fuck out of the way. Because now, like, it's like, you know, Donald Trump is like, we helped them over there by throwing fucking paper towel <laughs> at people, paper towels at people. But now the problem that they're having is that private people are shipping stuff to them to help them like generators and all these things but now the government won't let them fucking get them out of the ports yeah (laughs) it's like well so that brings up a question i guess that is i guess up for debate and 
and both sides seem to kind of go the opposite way. Like the conservative side is all about privatization and free market economics and everything Mm -hmm. uh, and anti-government, right? The liberal or progressive side is more about like trusting in your government to like regulate things and make sure that those companies do don't do bad things basically. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. What's the right way. I, if you don't, if you don't trust in your government and you want like privatization to go through, like they're going to do the exact same thing just on the other end. Right. Right. Like it gets to a certain point where, where consumers have lost power. Your government is people that you can control who the fuck they are. So that's an easy one. I'd rather trust people that I have a say in who's there than uh, than people who literally view me as a dollar sign, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I trust people in general, especially all of us here at the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Right. But the moment, like, and you see it time and time again, dude. Like how bi- I always look at how Borders was run into the ground, like. Um, Borders gets this huge buyout from GE Capital, right? One of the branches of like General Electric, and because they're one of the largest freaking companies in the world. Mm-hmm. By the way, I don't. Not that this is important, but all of these huge freaking companies that um, a lot of them claim to be like you know have Christian values and all this stuff. Like uh, I, I can't think of a good example off the top of my head all of a sudden. But like telecommunications companies, automakers, GE is another one. Uh, they all own companies that make porn, and porn is like their largest money maker. So, <laughs> well, like... I mean, like it, it makes sense because we're getting to that point where there are so many names out there, like so many companies that basically just have their parent company that's Disney or whatever, yeah. right? Like Disney owns ABC, for God's yeah. sakes, right? Like there's they own Fox now too. <laughs> there's so many like you keep hearing about these gigantic buyouts yeah. by from a big company buying another big company. It's like pretty yeah. soon we won't really have a choice. It's going to be just like the internet everywhere yeah. else. Nobody yeah. wants to deal with Comcast. Comcast well, and that's is the what I'm worst. saying. That's it, what I'm saying. Like these people who claim to support free enterprise, like that's not free enterprise yeah. anymore. Well, if, I think we've hit a hit hit a point in the free market quote unquote where it's not really free anymore because people have already won right right exactly like, like once you get to that point people are like oh well like one of the big arguments with net neutrality is oh we're gonna deregulate and it's gonna bring competition back yeah well it's not gonna be competition if, read the implications yeah like, it's it's not competition if there's somebody that has a trillion dollar company or whatever versus little Billy who's trying to make his startup ISP that has yeah. like that makes like 20 grand a year or whatever. It's like, dude, yeah. there's no it's not competition. It's just a way for them to get a bigger stranglehold on the market. Like Yeah. And like, it affects everybody too, right? Like it's not right. just the US. Like pretty soon it's going to be like these global conglomerates that are, that those are your only choices worldwide. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, look, no, like, I don't trust the government, you know, just as much as, you know, the next guy. Like, I'm skeptical of the government. But at the same time, it's like, if I have to pick who I'm going to take my chances with, it's not going to be the mega corporate people 
you know, it's like, and, and then all these people, all these brainwashed people down on the ground, on the ground floor, like you and I, mm-hmm. and they're just yep. like, well, it's competition. It's like, dude, I have no problem with competition, but there right. isn't competition if every time you have a great idea, you're just going to get bought out by the next mm-hmm. guy. You know, it's like, well, why do gra- you, it's kind of like, why do you think the gap between the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor in the U.S. has gotten so wide? Right, because trickle down economics is a freaking that, farce. It's a fraud. It's for some yeah. reason, people think it still works. It's like a religion, dude. Honestly, like there's no proof backing that it works, yet people still use it and tout it and talk about how it works. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean that, that's an, what I was yeah. raised on. I was raised to believe that. And you go out in the real world, and everyone's struggling. Yeah, it doesn't work. Sorry. No. It doesn't, and it's amazing that like, and there are people like you and I who scrounge by, you know, making making less than, you know, five, let, let's just say anybody who makes under a hundred thousand dollars. Like, I'm sorry, but you are scraping by in the grand scheme of things. Like, mm-hmm. if you make a hundred thousand dollars, but you have a family of five, like, or or whatever, like, you're not upper class, mm-hmm. and you're barely middle class, right? And and um, and then the, these are the type of people that just baffle me that they think that trickle down actually like why do you think that works? Look in your situation. You're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, but you got five people to feed, and you still have to get food stamps sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just mind-boggling to me. You know, or these freaking people, these people who say like, well, I'm not for people living off the teat of the government, yet they're the number one recipients of welfare and food stamps and housing and um and and healthcare like you fucking need the government's fucking help dude and and you think that the higher up that fucking Joe Walton or who or or Joe Fox or whatever the like these Donald Trump for fuck's sake they're going to help you unless they fucking open their wallet pull money out of their goddamn wallet and put it in your hand they aren't helping you they're yeah. helping themselves at all times money is a fucking religion to these people yeah that's why to me like the the whole net neutrality thing is baffling or it's like it's like pretty obvious that it's just one of those tactics put into place to push us farther down right yeah, yeah. like they don't want people to be educated right just like we said this before but just like in the tax plan the the idea of taxing graduate students on their tuition like, that they what don't a actually pay for joke. yeah let's discourage people from becoming more educated that's what happened in like afghanistan and stuff right that's, like like it's, oh, it's obvious yeah, for real, like, dude. it's obvious and here's the thing i i i don't i mean it's it's very obvious anybody listening to this it's like i do have a certain political leaning but i have that leaning because i do not trust the ultra rich mm-hmm. and like I said, if I had to take my chances, it's going to be with the people that I can write a letter to and scare them. Right. You know what I mean? I can write a letter to my representatives and scare them. And, it, you know, whether or not my government is on the left or the right, it doesn't matter. But what's happening is that because of one side, we are allowing money of a few people to dictate the course of everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Before before the year 2001, there was a cap on the number of lobbyists and the amount of money that could be spent lobbying in the United mm-hmm. States. Yep. And now there is no cap on either. 
That's why nothing has been done about gun control because the NRA lines their pockets. And same with net neutrality. ISPs line their pockets. Like, right. it doesn't matter. And then or to and, the and, point and, where it, it just it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> we By, like, we this, don't this, matter. These partisan politics are just mind numbing too because it's like you can literally point to all the data. and it, But if it crosses on one issue that somebody doesn't want to hear about, it's like, dude, do not be emotional about this. And everybody listening is like, right, you sound emotional right now. It's like... Yeah, I do, because it's, like, I, I don't want to, like, over-exaggerate, but fuck, like, I have to live in this world, too, you know? Like, it does affect me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to be emotional about it, yeah. because because nothing else seems to work. I can point to all the fucking science that says gun violence should be studied as a public health crisis. Like, none of you bitch about putting your seatbelts on. None of you mm-hmm. bitch about a smoking age. Nobody bitches about, you know... Fuck, I don't know. It's just crazy. <laughs> it is crazy, dude. And, and that's, yeah, that's why... So many people die from this thing. It's like, let's just study it. What's wrong with studying it? Oh, uh, dude. It's it's one of those things, though, where we disregard data. I, I was talking to a coworker about this all, like the other day, how people don't like to study data. They don't like looking at the facts. They like going based off of their what they believe right yeah your beliefs should be challenged and change when you look at data that's how science works here's the thing it's like i have beliefs but there are there are times where often i do this all the time i'll pick a a subject and i will i will fabricate the best argument against my personal viewpoint as best as i can Mm -hmm. and the very worst it changes my fucking viewpoint, and I'm like, oh, shit, I was wrong about this. The very best, now I, I can understand and better defend against a dumb argument. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Well, and you also, you're putting yourself in the other person's shoes, which I think right. is very, very a good idea. And this is how a lot of Stoics think, I feel like, all the time, uh, is to like kind of put yourself in the other person's shoes and, and right. consider their opinions and everything. And this is why, like... I know we're going on a rant, but I, I think it it only makes sense that we're ranting after yesterday. But this is yeah. why like when I was when I was emailing back and forth with Joshua, like we we come from different political viewpoints, but we're able to understand the other person because we're both we're both struggling, right? And that's yeah. the whole thing. The the majority of Americans are struggling. And we've yeah. basically been divided uh, on purpose and put to these extremes and like pitted against each other on yeah. purpose so that so that nothing can be done like nothing will get done ultimately in congress like even if and and like in all honesty i i am a progressive at this point in my life i grew up conservative but i'm not a democrat right. i i don't i grew up like hardcore republican Right. I never I thought it was a sin, basically, to vote against Republicans. But (laughs) we're we're like, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. Both of you guys suck. Like, I hate both parties. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But we're because if you start thinking about how all of us are in the same situation together, we're all struggling. We're all barely making it by like we can work together. We can have. That's why real, I hate real conversations and and make a difference. That's why I hate looking at people that grew up with similar means that I had and it's just like, you know, not having as much as other people 
And then, oh, man, I don't even know. It's like, dude, we're, we're in the same boat, yet somehow it's like you've been brainwashed into thinking that, like, I don't know, you know, and it's like, and then they idolize these symbols, you know, it's like, I don't know, shit. Yeah. It's just crazy. The way I view it at this point is the America that, that always gets talked about, about being the greatest country in the world is just a lie. It's always been a lie, you know, like there had, it has been good for some people throughout the history of the country. A select few. But most of those people were the people in power or who had a voice, who had a vote, you know, before women could vote. Men, right? Before uh, people of other races could vote. White people, right? And it always seemed to benefit them. And, yeah. like, when, when you hear this, like, make America great again kind of a thing, they want to go back to that time when, when it's good for them and not good for others who are not like them. And that's messed up, dude. Like, yeah. And that's why I'm always shocked when it's like, you know, I, I I don't know. A friend, a friend of ours who listens to the show sometimes, he's always like, you guys should talk politics so I can argue with your points. It's like, well, here you go, buddy. You get your wish. Yeah. We just fulfilled that today. (laughs) Yeah. I know. After we talked about never wanting to do it, but honestly, it's like, look, I'm sorry, but you know, I agree with you that both Dems and Republicans suck. That's why I think it's so funny that Bernie Sanders, like, uh, registered as an independent again. <laughs> like, well, I mean, right then and there, and that's the other thing. It's like, why do people, why do the diehard Democrats have such a hard time accepting the fact that like the DNC colluded? I know. Um, against you know, and it's like, granted, like, I guess they're not obligated to nominate who the rest of their party wants. Yeah, they can just well, nominate that's... whoever they they want, but. That's what I'm saying, like, though. Both parties are, are corrupt. They both, like, realistically, the primaries, they don't really even matter. It's just, yeah. like, well, essentially they can tell. still pick who they want to. Yeah, and it's like every time I bring that up with somebody, they're like, well, like, oh, are you going off the Dawn of Brazil stuff? Because, you know, they're finding holes in that. And it's like, what fucking holes, dude? I'm not even, I no, I haven't read Dawn of Brazil's book. Dude, just go online and fucking read some shit. Like yeah. all of it's backed up by credible sources. If you know how to fricking verify sources. Yeah. Well, and, like, and that's why like, I am, I think that our country could be fixed if we can get a prominent third party in there. Fuck, right. More than three parties though. Man. It, Let's just well, get, I know like, that's, that's just the start. Like you get, you get another person who can be in the debates every single time that, that represents a different viewpoint that's not like, hey, let's vote for the person that is not the other person. Like, that's been our president, our our elections for everything for as long as I've been able yeah. to vote. Like, Well, Gary Johnson was making headway until he didn't know where Aleppo was. So. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just stupid that we have two parties in there that have this stranglehold on everything. And because they have so much money, it's never going to change. Like, why would they want a third party in there? You know, there's no reason. And it's going to continue to be this cycle, right? Right. Eight years of Bush. Okay. Well, Uh, Bush, Bush wins with 
a Republican House and Senate, maybe. I can't remember exactly. But then, oh, the midterms happen. Democrats get back the House and Senate, whatever. Nothing's yeah. going to get done again. And it just continues. Like, same thing happened with Obama. Now it's probably going to happen with Trump. It's just like this perpetual thing of like, let's not actually do anything to fix anything. I like, think that there is going to be change, though, because our generation is now getting to the point where we've had enough. And uh, so many people who I know personally our age, like who have never considered um, working in government at all, are like now considering like running for local elections and things like that. That's um, cool. Like, I mean, I've I've heard dozens of people who would have never considered it now considering it. Yeah. You know, and and like Silverton had a big sweep uh, not that long ago where uh, they were trying to get all these city councilors. Um, and a group of women got together and ran. And I'm pretty sure every single woman that ran beat out like the incumbent man, um, <laughs> which is like very cool in my yeah. opinion. Well, that's like the, uh, the trans transgender woman who won, was it governor or I'm not sure of, uh, um, Virginia yeah. or maybe it was a local election. I'm not sure, but she wins the election against this incumbent. Who's just like a white dude who, who was against like the bathroom bill. Yeah, <laughs> like beats him down, and then when somebody like asked her, yeah, this was about great. it. She's like, "I'm not gonna say anything negative against my my constituents." Uh, my constituents. It's like, <laughs> dude, beat down in the best way possible. I You're know. awesome. <laughs> How legendary, dude! And that's the thing. And I think the more we we're gonna start seeing more people getting involved in politics, and I think people are gonna start breaking the partisan lines. You know, I hope so. Um, you know, I think people are going to be just like, well. Uh, like I'm in office and like maybe I don't know it, it, I think we're going to start seeing a paradigm shift yeah Um. I mean dude I literally gave up on the fact like that Doug Jones could win Alabama <laughs> I and know that was insane holy shit yeah if that is not a wake up call and you know what's yeah. disgusting is is that a majority of white people still voted for him. And not only that, a majority of educated white people, a majority of educated white women voted for this person who has this glaring negative history. Like, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? Yeah, there's... Yeah, it's insane. I watched this short little Vice thing, Vice News uh, clip where they talked to uh some Roy Moore supporters and they just said some of the most absurd things I've heard in a long time like basically saying like people back then when Roy Moore was doing some of the alleged things he was doing they were saying like mommies and daddies would have been proud to have their daughter like be taken by Roy Moore like a district attorney it's like oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I think we live in a different part of the world where we can't understand the dynamics there, right? Like, how can a candidate that 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 is that just bad even make make it that close? It's like insane to me. But but, but he didn't. That he didn't. I know. Is it's big. Huge. And I love that, like, a lot of the credit is going to, like, the black vote and especially the black woman vote. I you know. know. It's I like, know. thank you so much. You guys are awesome and empowered. Like, go do good in the world. Keep voting. And what's amazing is you read about 
how much they tried to suppress that vote. And then they remember the Alabama Supreme uh, courts came out and said like, oh, we're not obligated to retain electronic um, voting information in case there's a recount. And it's like, what? Yeah. What? Okay. All of these things were pretty much to benefit Roy Moore, like one after another, man. They were trying to, they denied voter registration at the DMVs and all of this shit. And they still came out and killed it. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was, it made that me was... freaking feel so good. The first, first glimmer of hope in a while. I yeah, mean, man. yeah. And I don't want to say like, it's because he's a Democrat, although obviously right now, no, anyone he who... because he's not Roy Moore. Well, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying that I'm, I'm not excited because he's a Democrat. Though I am rooting for anyone who opposes Trump and the absurd things he's doing with our country. So I'm rooting for anybody who doesn't have a history of pedophilia. <laughs> that too, God. And Trump. I honestly believe all the stories about Trump. I believe yeah. that he definitely bought and paid for a 12-year-old and had sex with her. So, um, so there's no <laughs> yeah. doubt about it. It's it's pretty amazing that like that was the only thing about Al Franken getting out that like had any positivity to me. Like he did some messed up stuff too, and I'm glad he stepped down. But the fact that he called out Trump was like pretty awesome to me saying like yeah i know i did like some bad stuff um but our president did too and that has not been addressed like why isn't he stepping down as well kind of a thing yeah right i uh i i applaud his cojones on that one it, uh, yeah. it broke my heart because he was like one of my favorites oh god i know i like and really had a lot I... of respect for him after like all of the cabinet interviews that he took part in he just like reamed those people yeah but i don't know man you can't have you can't have people in there like that yeah it's tough like, because it's like and the, you know there's the part of me that's just like it like all the pictures i saw and all of the behavior i saw it's like it's not as bad as these other people but you can't justify it that way no. you know you can't, you, can't you, yeah. you have to look through the eyes of the person that it was done to and if yeah. if it's broken the comfort line for them Sorry, like that. That's not okay. The first woman irritated me because she, um, you know, clearly worked for like a conservative-minded news organization. Sure. The whole that whole first picture felt very fabricated. But then there was a couple other pictures that came out from other women and stuff. I was like, oh. Although there was one that really irritated me about the story about the woman who wanted to take a picture with Al Franken and he put his hand around her waist and they took a picture together like you do like i'm pretty sure there's a dozen pictures uh well maybe not a dozen i don't know but like there's pictures of us in japan with your arm around my wife's waist and my arm around your wife's waist it's like yeah. what you do when you take pictures with people <laughs> and she was like she, he placed his hand on my waist and grabbed my hips or something like that and it made me feel fat and disgusting my husband doesn't even get to put his hands on my waist it's like what there's a picture of of patrick rothfuss like literally squeezing my wife (laughs) and i'm just like that's not no he's being friendly you know what i mean like but the other stuff look i'm glad he stepped down i'm not defending him i'm just saying some of the stories seemed like shit but some of the other ones didn't i don't know i'm not gonna say one way or the other i guess but I think that the fact it's a it's a good thing that women feel okay to be able to 
express those kind of things that have happened to them that they're uncomfortable with. It's yeah. just a shame that it's not taken more seriously, especially by the current administration. Yeah. Right. Uh, the way he stepped down, super graceful, super punk, like, you know, um, punctuating of the, of the point at hand. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed that it's just been shrugged off. They're like, they probably view it as a victory, but mm -hmm. I hope it becomes precedent. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that that it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. I screwed up. Sorry. Uh, I did like that. He submitted himself immediately to an ethics, uh, inquiry, which, I don't know if anything ever happened with that or what, but that was great. I hope that becomes precedent. And then stepping down gracefully, um, I hope that becomes precedent. We don't need these types of people in office. So, but anyway, we've run wow, way here we here time. we go, dude. Yeah, hour twenty. <laughs> let's, Anyways, uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, yeah, let's just uh, hope for hope for a better future. If uh, you guys have any opinions, if we've rubbed you the wrong way, let us know. We're not typically a political podcast, but I just, uh, you know, just with the timing of everything with the net neutrality, it does affect our podcast. It does affect you as game developers. Um, and it's funny. It just started the whole way. The whole political thing started, too, when we talked about how they voted down party lines. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. But uh, anyways, guys, uh, I just want to say thanks to all of you listening. We really appreciate the support. Um if you're interested, hit us up on Twitter, hop, hop on our Discord with us, just get involved. We're starting to do the GDQ challenge of the day, and we'd love to see uh, more of you working on it. So uh, You can hit us up on Twitter at GameDevsQuest. Email us at GDQ at AirPodcast.com. We did verify that it works because me, uh, me and Joshua have been talking back and forth, so we know it works, so email us. Uh, I don't know about Facebook, but you can play our games at GameDevsQuest.itch.io. And find our podcast on any of your favorite podcast app. If you feel inclined to rate and review, we'd appreciate that. Don't forget to subscribe. And uh, also do that to all of your favorite podcasts or favorite indie devs or whatever. Go out and uh, review your favorite games. Let people know you like them. Even, honestly, even if you re start reviewing games that you don't like, it's going to help, right? You can yeah. give the, the devs advice on what would have made their game better. Yeah, Manbeard Games was talking about that. It's like people just yeah. need to like tell tell you what you can fix, right? You know? So, so that's going to be one of the challenges coming up for the uh, challenge of the day is to go out and and do reviews. It's very beneficial. I mean, who doesn't when you're when you're going to purchase something on Amazon? Who doesn't look through the reviews? Or you know, if you have some a product that has a hundred reviews versus one that has zero, which one are you going to buy? Anyways, that's my my spiel there. Yeah, I think that about does it, man. We ran a little over. I'm going to trim this down, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for podcasting with me so late. Yeah, dude. Good times. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, All right, guys. Have a good week. <laughs> cue that music. You know it.